Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. You know me. I'm a self-proclaimed psychotherapist, which is just an excuse to ask people really personal questions, I think. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm really excited you guys are here. We've got a really great day because uh, I've got this very special guest, Babak Anji, and he came here from London. Can you believe this? He came here from London just to be on the show, and he's going to fly right back. No, that's I'm just kidding. There's he's He's actually, I'll tell you that in a second. I'll tell you why he's here in a second, but I just want to bug you to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn. Go to our website, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Uh, get our mobile app. You know, then you can listen to Radio Free Brooklyn all all the time. But you know what else? We're having an event, and I really want you to come to it, okay? Listen to this. Do you like music? Well, of course you do. So it's called the Jam Yam Music Jam at our wicked at our wicked lady do you know where that is it's at 153 morgan avenue um that's uh the morgan stop on the l and if you don't know where that is you're too far away to come anyway so anyway it's on november 19th and it's so cool it's going to be an open music jam so uh babak you could come you're a musician oh and it's on november the 19th yeah, you'd be here? Yeah, I'll be here. Why don't you come? Oh, it's right I'll... around. Maybe maybe Babak, my guest today, will be there. Um, anyway, are you a musician? Are you? Babak is. Are you looking for new musicians to play with? Well, since you don't know anybody here, Babak, or know many people, well, you have a musician friend here that yes. you're staying with. Yes. Bring him. I'll bring him with me. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it's. I'm excited. I, I genuinely am, guys. It's the first ever yam Yam Jam, hosted by Radio Free Brooklyn. And it'll be on Sunday, November 19th at 8 p.m. And Our Wicked Lady. I think it's really cool. And and do you guys know The Wicked Lady? Our Wicked Lady, it's one, It's actually one of the best, I think it's one of the best music venues uh, in, in Brooklyn, uh, certainly in uh, the Williamsburg-Bushwick area, without a doubt. It's, it's a very cool place. Anyway, it's a free jam for musicians of any skill. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> oh, I can go too now. I'm going to bring my color, my color, my multicolor xylophone. Musicians of any skill or stature to express themselves. And you can even just sing, bring a song you want to sing. Kumbaya, that's what I want to sing. Oh my God. Anyway, so let me tell you about uh, Babak Ganji. And uh, I keep thinking I'm not pronouncing his name right because I I get stuck in that. But <laughs> it's 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 an interesting like I pronounce like I if people ask us like as a kid somebody said is it Babak and I just went yeah 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 it's like, yeah I don't know you're an Ira- Iranian background yeah and um so it's an unusual name even in London right yeah yeah and, yeah. and basically it's, I mean it's Baba Babak Babak but. At school, it was like Babak, and I just went with it. And yeah. That's, that's, and you're, so it's a very over. complicated question to answer um, because I can hear myself, and I go Babak because that's the way it phonetically will sound here. Uh, but I know that I'm saying it. Like, I've compromised. Like, right, really right. Age. You know what? I'm the same way because my name is Lisa 
levy technically, but a lot of people say levy. And I remember when I asked my parents, they laughed at me when I asked if it was levy or levy. So I was humiliated at home by it. But I still don't really like to correct people. The only people I correct are people that have really become my friends because I feel like if they're my friends, like I've had people introduce me and they should, you know, whatever I feel like. You know, they would, they would, they should know. Well, it's, gets but I, I don't care really. It gets embarrassing if you leave it and then at some point you realize that person's going to be in your life for longer than. Right. So it's right. always good to get it right at the beginning. Right. Because six years go by and, and you're just letting one person say your name wrong and other people in your friend group are thinking, why is this person still getting it wrong? Right. They've never been, <laughs> they've never been correct. I don't care. But you know, the thing is, it's like, Social situations have so much, there's so many things that are awkward within them that it's just one of, it's just, it's just so minor, really so minor in all the awkwardness that happens in social situations. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to explain to people how I, how I know you and about your work and then, and then we we can get, you know, then you can tell them what I got right and, (laughs) and what I didn't. But anyway, folks, so, um, I I don't know if you you guys if you know me at all you know that like two of the things the two things I really am into is comedy and art visual conceptual art so uh, I uh, found Babak on the Instagrams and uh, like many people his um, and I uh, I really I think I think he's really good I thought wow this guy's really really good. Uh, happened to meet him in London last winter, December, because I was there for a wedding and he was having a show, blah, blah, blah. And since that time, and you guys have to come, this is tonight. Okay. So this is, I, I didn't tell you guys this before, but I actually, this is going to be yeah, in October opened a gallery, like a conceptual a gallery, art gallery, right inside a comedy place, the Brooklyn Comedy Collective, to show really, really good, funny art. Because I think that it's an, I don't know, it's it's an area of art that I personally like, art with humor. And I don't think it gets enough attention. And I feel like I know enough. I feel like I know about it. And... I also really like comedy and I you know I'm involved with comedians and stuff like that and they don't really have access to the art world uh the way no one does no one cares about the average person does not give a fuck about art so I am trying to meld the two communities and uh so Babak shows the second show and he hasn't been to New York for a while so he actually is here in person, in person for the for the opening, and the opening is tonight. So you have to come. It's at the uh, Brooklyn Comedy Collective Dog House. It's at one thirty seven Montrose Avenue. That's the Montrose stop on the L train. And at six to nine, there will be there'll be some drinks and there'll be some great art. And um, Babak made these hilarious postcards that we will be selling all handmade for $50. $50. Uh, 
Anyway, that's the deal. That's what's going on tonight. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, why don't you, why don't I give, I'll give it to you. Explain your work. Explain well, it. Go on. Really, There's, go on. Explain, explain it my, to me. My, well, for this exhibition, what I decided would be the most efficient thing to do is to essentially try to make a miniature retrospective of all this text-based work that has been my primary, I guess it's my That's your thing. That's your gig. It's, it's, become, it's become it, yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like your work is is really, really funny, and it's sort of the work itself. It's it's funny because if you it it says art like it looks like art, but it, you could easily just say it and it would still be funny. And but the thing about it is is that I think that the tone of the delivering of the line, like a comedian would deliver it um, in person, but the way that your art is, you kind of are able to deliver it visually with the right tone so people get the humor does that make sense yeah it does and it's a relief to hear i really intellectualize that if it works because i don't ever know if it works especially like even though we speak the same language essentially like when i'm writing them out again i'm like oh some words maybe they don't translate the same so i'm always interested when somebody like because there was a time when somebody in brazil wanted to do a show and then Mm -hmm. i thought I looked at him for actually, I'd never thought about this before, but even though it's all text anyway, so it's already sort of alienating a lot of people who necessarily English isn't their first language. Right. I hadn't even considered that. But then it's also written in a kind of incorrect way for the delivery. Not all the time, but the, the wording isn't necessarily grammatically always correct. Yeah, there's no, a, it's colloquial. There's, there's a tone, and that tone, if, you, if it's mm-hmm. not your primary language, you may not even re- notice the subtleties of, and then, then it made me think. Oh, I, I'd never considered these things because I'm just speaking from my voice. Yeah, right. It's your voice. And so, in a lot of ways, it's kind of trying to be all encompassing and inclusive to everyone. But then suddenly realizing that maybe, maybe it's not. And it's quite nice to sometimes realize or learn that. So, so do you feel that? I mean, you're you, you know. I mean. But Beck has a, you know, he, I mean, he, you've got, you've got a fan base. I mean, you're selling, you sell a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, it's not all like $10,000 paintings, but you're selling a lot of work. No, it's like, I've been, I guess I graduated in, I graduated in 2001. I think from from St. Martin's. St. Martin's. Almost pre-internet. It's a different, like, I I, I trained Mm -hmm. in a different way to like, but now weirdly, like, via Instagram kind of ended up that using that as a gallery base. That was my gallery. Mm-hmm. And I'd say in the last six years, this is like my living. So it's, yeah, it took, I mean, it's, it took a long time, but I had no backup plan. Not that long, really six years. Well, I mean, it's been like, I well, how like many let's, let's, let's I've been, just, I guess 15, it took 15 years until it was weird. Cause people always liked it, but, it, and it's very confusing to, try and make sense of when liking turned into also buying (laughs) Buying. but it was a very it's like i always feel like there's there's a sort of like if you just stay if you just stay 
doing it. Doing it. Yeah. Eventually they get, he's not going away. Right. We're going to have to give him a right. chance. Um, well, you must I don't know. sell, I mean, um, you have 30, he, he's got 35,000 followers on Instagram, which is a lot, a lot. But also you must be selling like, I don't know, thousands of works every year, right? To be making, I mean, some of, because yeah. some of them I know cost more. There's like, you know, um, neon things and big things, but then some of them are also very affordable, smaller. I mean, I do it all on my own as well. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I have, I have, you, again, trouble if I say I did it all on my own. I, I have people who help me and like my, my, my kid's you, mom's a massive help. To and me. I, and I, you I, have a gallery. You have galleries. Well, I have a few shows. I, yeah. You have shows. He's very, very self-deprecating. So, so don't listen to what he says. <laughs> I mean, no, because he, you just said I sell thousands of works. But I should say, like, I have a, essentially everything comes via a website where I haven't sort of like differentiated items. So it's like you can go on this website, and there's neons that, um, when they do sell, can go up to like six and a half thousand pounds. I don't know what that equates to in dollars, but I guess the same. But also you can buy a packet of badges or a greeting card for three or four pounds. And they're just right. all on the same page. Right. I haven't sort of. Right. I quite right. like I quite like the mess of it. Right. Well, that's one of the things that I particularly appreciate about your work is the accessibility of it. And that it's not like it doesn't have like this kind of like pretentious capital A art. You know, it, 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 it people it can appeal to a lot of people and a lot of people can own it. You're not trying to like, you know, do that whole, like, you know what I mean? Pretentious yeah. art bullshit thing. I think even when I was at St. Martin's, it's like ultimately I think it's this, and it's what, what's nice about this. And it's because I also am a big comedy and that the one art form that I most respect and, and didn't, I feel like, and I've been working with comedians, but the one thing I've never done is have the guts to stand up and say, I think this is funny and I'm going to perform it. Like the fear of that is You're, immense. Really? And, yeah. And I feel like I, the, the lo- you know, when you leave something, the longer and longer I've left it, the more pressure it is that it has to be oh, really yeah. good. If I was to do, go and yeah. do it, I can't, it's almost like I can't start from the beginning. I have to now have so, a honed act. And I basically, this, this art career has always been like me going round the block, trying every other way to make people laugh other than the most basic way, which is just get up and say something into a microphone. Right. It's like, right. So it's like a weird, it's a weird career that's like worked out, but it's ultimately, it's just wanting to do that simple thing. So do you think you're going to wind up doing that eventually though? I mean, I've been working with um, a comedian called Ray Badron in, in, He's an Australian comedian in England. And like, yeah, he's always like, we should go and do this thing. And it's, that's what he does every day. Yeah. And it's like, I can't fight. I mean, hopefully he's not listening, but I'm not going to fight it forever. I, I just have. He a, really wants you to do it. Well, and and for him, it's like you learn by going to do it. Yeah. You don't learn overthinking it at home. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's so true. I've conceded at some point when I understand what it is we're actually doing. I will have to get up. Uh-huh. Like I, I know I'm working to that because I wouldn't be putting myself in this situation. So you do was... feel like it is somewhat of a in your future or a goal or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I I made a 
short film called Freelancer. In yeah, yeah, yeah. With with a production company, and they make a they make like a adult comedy pu- puppet show called Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Mm-hmm. And so I've written. I even you know I played myself. Yeah, no, I, was, I could see that. I did. I did some sort of let's say acting and right. So I've been working towards. It's and, it's a very strange thing where it's like once 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 like you always have to stay a bit uncomfortable. And like when the art thing was becoming a bit sort of like oh it's, oh it's, it's too good now it's, it's too, too easy. easy you conquered that I don't want to say it's too easy because people start to take like other people start that different variables come in like people start doing similar things and 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 then you realize that you are competitive and it's like you get jealous and you're trying to maintain your presence because right and, but at the same time it's um it's not the challenge that it was because you've kind of you i mean you're making a living at it which means you've pretty much conquered it i mean that's well, when you kind make, of that's a big deal also when you're making a living at it it becomes a job right and once this becomes a job that terrible artist True. temperament comes in so i don't want to do the thing right. you want i want to right so, yeah so there is true. like i didn't think about it but something naturally drew me to like let's put ourselves in a more compromise like a difficult spot and yeah like challenge yourself i agree with that i yeah. i mean i think that's really good you want to keep growing creatively but you've played in bands you're a musician mm-hmm. um so you've been on stage a lot right yeah and i was a singer in one band and i do know that like in say the in-between songs i didn't mind like i do enjoy the um I do enjoy the almost like the nervous energy and the you, attention. Like in the moment, I'm fine. I I I, I want you like you like you're you you don't you like being in front of a camera or you're okay. I'm Is okay. that what you're saying? Yeah. You don't mind it. I don't mind. It. I don't and, think you would. And I'm like I'm shy, but when when I've got like I wouldn't shout and get the attention of the room, but if I have the attention, mm-hmm. I won't run away. I right. quite like that. Right. Well, right. But, but it, what I realized is the pressure's off when you're, if somebody just gave me a mic at an event, like I wouldn't run away. I wouldn't be very good, but I, I wouldn't sort of buckle in fear. Right, right. Um, but there's no pressure to that because you didn't write it. It's the thing with, with a stand-up act. I think oh, the fear is it's the writing. That you have to be confident in the thing that you've you've decided this, you've pre, it's pre-arranged uh-huh. that you think this, uh-huh. what you're going to go and say is going to uh-huh. be... Well, it's going to have to relate to someone. I think that's the fear of not relating. Do you do you do you feel like? I mean, you seem very relatable. Do you have a fear about not relating, or just in this particular instance? I think it's in that instance because it would be very exposing if it like well, like doing it, like writing something and posting it on Instagram. The thing is, you know, you don't get negative comments. It may not get. Lots of likes, but a likes a like. Like yeah, you're only right. getting likes, so you're living in a fake. No, but you can also take it down if you change your mind. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I used to make a point in not doing that, so that it was like an actual visual good, document. Good. I don't, and I don't think there's that many times. I think, um, where I have taken stuff. There's stuff yeah, on there. Yeah, I mean, you you get yeah you you you. The guy does very well on Instagram. Very, very. But there's very stuff well. there that I don't think I like, and like sometimes if I, 
it's like a weird rule. It wasn't like an out and out rule, but there was a weird thing where it's like, I just, if I make some work, even when it's still wet, I, I'll post it. Because uh-huh. like, I did it. So it's like, I did yeah. this, so you, I posted you it. You committed to it to I'll make look, it. I'll look through some other day and I'll be like, yeah, I shouldn't have. <laughs> if I had time to think, maybe I wouldn't have put that up. But you, then I don't delete it because that feels, I have this weird art training. No, it's like the yeah. late 90s. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That will have led to something else. So you may as well see the working Well, it's process. a process. It's not just one piece. Like, it's always a process. But I think some people quite like to just give the, there's a, have a mystery. Have, and have a, have the, yeah, that's result. true. But that's, you know, your work is pretty, um, whatever the you 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 seem to really want i mean it seems to be pretty i would say raw is that the word i don't know but it doesn't seem to be you you seem to be putting it out there i mean a lot of it's pretty stupid though and that's why i think i do suddenly realize talking about it like right now it's like there'll just be a, a film idea and just say like chicken nugget city and this is what <laughs> People will go and go, all right, this is what they're talking so about. So that's, that's um, really what... Um, I just wanted to say one more thing about comedy, which is like you can't really know how it's going to go till it's out there. And I think that's prob- that could be what's really hard. Like, you know what I mean? You can't really practice comedy without an audience. No, I think that's... And yeah. I think that's the hard part, right? Yeah, this is a very insular working process that I've been right, and 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 I'm good, and I'm good at working like that. And I, it, it I was nice t- doing the film because it was collaborative, and there were as the the control sort of I, I'd written it, but like ultimately, like the way it looks, and I didn't direct it, and the way it comes together, and the people on the day, there's a lot of different things, and it was nice to just be part of something but you can also reshoot a scene yeah that's true and and comedy is completely live just like this radio show although we could edit it and you're not standing there looking at people who are not laughing at you Mm. i think every comedian has to go through i mean i i i totally support you as a comedian i'm not just the only one i know that you have people who are supporting you as a comedian but i think no matter who you are how talented and natural you are at it there is a, there is, there are going to be bombing incidences yeah and and i think and the thing is you need to go through those because yeah. you only learn you're only going to learn from the mistakes you make and, and i i know I, I think even really successful comedians i think mark marin bombs sometimes i've heard him talk about it yeah. you know what i mean like you have like all that cushioning because you know you know you made all this money I or mean, what you have all these accolades and whatever but you still bomb i've got to say like my my son's done stand up he's now 16 but when he was 11 he didn't tell us but he he signed up to his primary school um talent show as a stand-up which they don't kids mm-hmm. don't do that so he, yeah and he was really good like we weren't allowed to go to this. It happened in school hours, and right. he won. He won. He wow! Won. And then got put through to a sort of bigger, sort of borough 
Hack- mm-hmm. Living Hackney. And- oh, he went on to like a bigger. He went on wow. to a bigger, <laughs> to a bigger talent show, which was like three or four schools, and we were allowed to go to this. Oh wow! And, and I gave him a joke for it, and to be honest, the joke didn't do well. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this is to kids. Oh, but now like, you're, I don't know now you're to, like, you're but, like, wait, he didn't sell it. But, but, but worse, worse than that, I remember, and I shouldn't. I heard, I hope you punished him. Oh, well, <laughs> go no, ahead. But I, uh, but I did, like, he came, so he, I mean, I shouldn't, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I mean, this just doesn't really paint me in a good light because my, he came third in this one. In the okay, big one. in the big one. And then as we were leaving, and it's a different school, so we don't know how to leave, and but you could see that, he was starting to like you could see his face starting to to turn. Uh, and we took him to this cafe and I was like literally told him because like, he was kind of like bummed out. Yeah, that of course. He'd come first, yeah. but it was still first. Oh what? my god! And it was still like a yeah no. That and I was and huge. I literally told him like you know if you want to be a successful comedian you need to you know get used to failing. Right. That was my because that's how I understood it. I understood right. it as right. This is a coping mechanism, and this I mean not that I want him to just. <laughs> but but that because that's my idea of what comedy is is like it's for co- it's a coping mechanism it's right. a defense thing right but also it's not it's trying to find um common ground or some sort of relate like to yeah. not feel like you're alone but like, yeah yeah to go into it winning everything and thinking you like that confident it's it's something that I find difficult at the moment like sometimes with like you, Jerry Seinfeld say I find his sort of um, his style, his style, where it's kind of like his observation or his opinion is like everybody's. He's he's sort of talking to you like every we all, man. We all agree with this. Yeah, it yeah, it's an insight, and, yeah. and I find that confidence jarring with what I understand. Yeah, I used to really like him, but I I gotta say, I gotta say, Jerry is way too emotionless yeah it's a little bit too clean i don't mean clean like not cursing clean it's just a little bit too emotionless Mm. um which do you have comedians that you like in particular that you that you can that we might that we might that that we might recognize um there's a lot of people in the uk right now that i i go and see and there's and a lot of like at the moment, like I'm working with this Australian guy Ray Badron, and and um, there's Sam Campbell in in the UK right now doing lots of funny sort of absurdist surreal stuff, uh-huh. and a, and another Australian Josh Glass. They're all Australian, but they're all in the UK. <laughs> um, I like my my like as a kid, it was um, like The Jerks, my favorite film of all time. Oh well, yeah, that's great film, right? And Steve Martin, and I think Steve, Steve Martin's Martin. like my—he was the first entry level. Even I was probably like eleven or twelve when I first saw that. And oh like, yeah. Even like the Free Amigos and just the Man of Two Brains. I don't know how these have dated. I know I saw the Jerk recently, and it holds up. There's nothing in there that's like, um, I know there's a lot of films from the eighties that I grew up. Yeah. Right? If I play them to Arthur now, my son, it's like, oh yeah, this isn't, this isn't, this is off. But the jerk's still strong. And, yeah. And no, I mean he's totally one of the greatest comedians of all time. There's no question about it. On so many different levels, like the writing, the performing, the physical stuff, the absurdity, the truth. Yeah, that guy's good. He's good. <laughs> yeah, he can do it. Yeah, and I think because it's ground, it's rooted uh-huh. in 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. Knowledge. It's not just an accident. It's not an accident. So, you know what? I was thinking, I was thinking because, um, you know, the, for the Dr. Lisa portion that I was going to um, ask you about some of your work, some of the, I wrote, I made, I made a note of some of the postcards and some of the, some of the work that you do. And then I was going to ask you about the, uh, the emotions, the feelings, like how the inspiration behind them, like, what are you, like, what do you mean by that? An actual, I have to, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. That's the whole fucking show to get you on this, get the, get, make, I'm, I'm here to make my guests uncomfortable. That's what I'm here for. So anyway, let's go. He's looking at me now. He's looking. He's giving me a really. I have to. I. I. I'm. A, I'm hosting the opening for this guy's show tonight. I don't know if this is a good idea. Usually, I don't see my guests ever again. Um. But. But I'll just any- be crying in the corner. <laughs> It'll all be part. This is now, all. This is all part of the show. No, like- all my friends are going to come, and Babak is going to turn them all against me. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> And they're going to, you can complain. Now you will be able to complain about me along with the people that know, really know me. Well, let's, let's see what you're going to say. All right. let's, see okay. if I, let's see if I know what I'm okay. talking well, about. Well, there's two areas that I'm curious about. Okay. One is the self-deprecating area, but we're going to go for the really hard area first. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot about there. Okay, I'm going to read them and then I'm going to tell you. And then I'm, the, you'll see what I mean, guys. Listen. There's a theme here, okay? I'm in the bush outside, and I really love you. I made a career trying to tell you I love you. The hours are long. Walking a tightrope, trying not to slip on a memory of being madly in love. I love you, and I want to give you all my money. (laughs) All my days... Without you aren't our shit. And here's the last one. I miss you. This one seems the most real. I miss you so much when you're gone, but when you are here, I can't take it. <laughs> so now those all seem to have to have to do with failed romance. Yes. So is, and it is, I got to say, like I do these things in the moment, so I don't realize it's like, because we put the show up yesterday, and when I do them, when I stick them all together, sometimes there's so much stuff that I don't actually read it all. But so, yeah. every now and again, I look there's at a it. Lot. And go, oh a- God, this is quite exposing, and the, you don't notice these connections, right? That's when why you're just doing it. Oh, wow. as you go. That's why we're here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so there seems to be a failed. Lo- I have to ask this: Do you a uh, failed? failed love or an unrequited love did you were you were you aware of that of that theme in your work yeah i mean i always must be yeah and i like and some of it i mean it all comes from real places but also who's a girl (laughs) i mean it's interesting because go ahead like with the i'm in the bush one which was the most popular thing for a long time and it kind of is the Mm-hmm. It's the thing that pays my rent for a mm-hmm. lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say that one again before you speak about it so people, because I read a lot, so I just want to, here's the saying, all right, guys? I'm in the bush outside, and I really love you. Go ahead. 
Well, so me and, and, and we all get on fine, and it's a very happy, functioning, dysfunctional family. But when me and... Your family. My, your, my, your, your, it's your... like me, my son, my ex, his mom. His mom. My, my okay, that's ex. what you mean by family. When we, when we broke up, like, I don't know, like, she, she, he, he basically essentially has a stepfather, and when they were going out, um, almost like out of some sort of respect, so I feel, this is like I'm making it up, and I feel like I shouldn't even, things where I feel uncomfortable at talking. Okay, you don't because, have to, you don't they, have to, I don't want, but go ahead. <laughs> but it's only because somebody once gave me a hard time with this, um, it's only happened once where somebody was triggered by it as a stalking thing. And it, and I'm surprised when that happened that it hasn't happened before. But it's so opposite to that because the root of it is that um, she lived on the corner opposite the park and sometimes I'd drop off, off and I knew that they were like, this is a So So thing. you knew she had a boyfriend? Yeah, it, it had been a while, a but there was never any evidence because I think it was just to protect you, me. But, but like, you didn't talk to her about it directly? Yeah, yeah, we we. So you were aware. Yeah, but like we, I, I, I mean, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise. Like it was yeah. common knowledge, everyone. Right, right, right but, right. but there was a sort of like there was no evidence. Just out, I don't know. Um, but you hadn't some, met some, him. Sometimes I'd turn around to draw, like I'd forget something, and as I was turning around, like he'd be coming from the park, and and I'd say, I essentially that piece of work is uh, is is. A, a tribute to his love for her because he's hiding in the bush waiting for me to leave so he can come back it's not oh that's so funny yeah and but i, I didn't realize that like i started i started making that piece of work as a um handwritten card for valentine's day for this out market that oh I, I love that as a and, valentine's card yeah because it was like because it's kind of creepy it's kind of funny but also it's if you give it it's my writing it's not so it's right it's right from the actual right, person they can right. they can defend themselves by right saying, right but so i'd been selling this for a couple of years and then one day and i i mean I, I was always surprised that people liked it so much i thought i'd lifted it from like a rom-com mm-hmm. i didn't you know i thought it was too obvious and then mm-hmm. like it just hit me like years later it's like oh it's from my own it's from my own life and i didn't it didn't oh, instantly wow. go i can make you don't instantly have a sad situation. Go, I can monetize it. <laughs> it. It comes. It comes. Like it's just. It's just. I guess it goes into your body, and then and then eventually it comes out in card form, and then years later you realize that it's. Um, but I find it quite funny that it's actually like romantic, but it's not about. It's not my. It's not my failure, and it's actually positive. Yeah, that is that is really funny because um I I I I assumed the other way around that it would have been you in the bush, but you see it well, as it does the say other. I'm in the bush. But yeah. No, but but I I thought like when when you were telling the story and it was sort of what I imagined that you know that this guy was you know now with your ex and you were sort of like watching them. But it was really the other way around that you imagine it, which is really, which is sort of in- interesting, because it was. It's still like, especially like you. It's interesting because you still have. I mean, particularly, I guess when she, when he, he first started 
seeing her, you this is somebody that you knew. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like somebody you knew really, really well, and you had a child. You you guys co-parent well, it sounds like. And I mean, like, worked, yeah, you guys are friends. Well, yeah, well, so you have a good relationship. There wasn't any. So you you were very aware of what was going on in her life, and he much more, I'm sure, in, especially in the beginning, than he was. Yeah, but this is less an example of, like, in some weird way, everyone trying to respect and protect right. each other. But, like, and, yeah, but it's, like, but it was always weird. And I I never used to sort of mention the origin of this before because it just I, I still find it weird. To, I don't know how it implicates. It's very hard doing work that is very personal and trying to not, implicate other people who maybe don't want no and i totally well i what i particularly love about this piece and i think other people are responding to is like it's i mean i'm interested and it's satisfying to hear the literal story behind it but that's really kind of irrelevant because I mean, this just brings me right back to when I was like 17 driving past boys' houses, mm. you know, and there are always, and it, it really speaks to to me, what I get out of it is that feeling of having a crush on somebody and they have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I used to spend hours walking, I, I, in, as a teenager, I was in some seaside town in in the south of England and just walking the town center for hours just to occasionally bump into this girl in this coach and having, I'm never going to say anything, just getting like a glance and that's enough. And then it's like another 40 minutes elapsed around until maybe that would happen again. And that mm-hmm. would be Saturday. Mm-hmm. That was, that was the most exciting thing um, that could happen. Yeah. And I think a lot of the work is basically trying to encapsulate that. Like Which, you like you like having crushes on on girls, or you like did you, is that part of your was that part of not I mean or like maybe 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 like what you're sort of saying about doing comedy you like you liked having the crush or the fantasy or whatever it is more than the actual reality. Well, I think that comes like some of the other ones you read are basically those those those, those things that the. Um, like I love you and I want to give you all my money or that's just bit that's that's when you're really like that's when you hit the jackpot and like <laughs> that you shouldn't do that but like there, there's a, there's a moment that's where like you get so like thrown off I love this person here yeah. just um and then walking a tightrope trying not to slip on a memory of being madly in love I think that was from a failed romance to be honest no, yeah serious. yeah I don't think a lot of people talk about romance that directly in in art which 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 no, uh, which I, I appreciate I here. A lot, yeah, I mean it's not it's a bit sort of twee, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I <laughs> I, like I kind it. of <laughs> people respond to it. I think that. Well, also, I think it's really hard. I mean, the reason people respond to it is because it's funny, and you're making fun of yourself. But I don't really think like it's not like tragic or somebody who like I don't like the guy like you can obviously laugh about it so it's not like a real heartbreak or something like that you know what I mean 
Yeah, I mean that's why that's why next to one of these there'll be something that says like Chicken Nugget City, just to yeah, sort of throw yeah, it off. Yeah, so it can get real, but it's like I don't know. I have to protect myself now. Um, no, no, no. But, but like, um, yeah, I made a career out of telling you I love you. It's, it's basically the roundabout way of like not doing the, not ever actually having done the comment, like not being able to be direct enough and just there's a fear in actually saying this. This isn't that's the irony here. It's like there's always a fear of doing the direct thing so you just end up going oh, around in circling circles. it <laughs> and, and that's what i've done it's like i could have just told somebody i guess 10 years ago or something and uh-huh. i'd probably be quite lazy and i wouldn't do any of this work the work is fueled by <laughs> by wanting to another area that um i don't have as quite as many there there's plenty guys you should go and see the show because you can pick them all out um, but there's a lot of your um, self-deprecating work that you do. Um, I saw the picture. This isn't in the show, guys, but he has a T-shirt that he made that's hilarious. It's one of those um, just do it Nike shirts. and it's, it's Oh, that's not actually me. That's not you. That's not me. That? No, it looks like me, and I keep wearing it. So I should. I always can't do it. It yeah. says I can't can't do it. It's but even wearing to... it, that's great. Who did it? Another guy called Gory Bastard on, um, that's his Instagram name. Glory uh, Bastard? Gory. Gory Bastard. Yeah. We're going to give him a shout out. Yeah. We got to no, look him up. But it is like everyone thinks I did. And every now and again, I have to remember that I have to clear on the, um, up on any post where I'm happy. Because I, I basically lived in that t-shirt for a long time. So you. And that's what, like, because I started jogging and that's why I wore. I didn't even think, it's just it's just So funny, I, yeah. It's just yeah. what I wear. It wasn't like I'm going to wear this outfit. I but think- then I'd notice it when I'm sort of doing a really bad job <laughs> in the park. I mean, well, it's it's accurate enough. It's a, I, yeah, I must have, I've got, I got that t-shirt. You could steal it. No one would know. Like, just rip it. You don't need that. You don't need to do that. I already am because everyone, like, you see, everyone thinks it is mine. Because it's so, yeah, totally. Because, like I said, guys, he's really self-deprecating. And then there's another one that I wrote down um, that I think is really popular. I don't have, this is the only other one I wrote down on this topic. There's a lot there, but I didn't write them all down. So anyway, uh, it's, you have one that says, I'm so scared of being found out. I'm not even sure what I've done. So there's, there's that one. Yep. I mean, that one, everyone, that, that, I think, I feel like that's the most relatable one in a lot of ways i have like i have it in neon in in the window of the sort of shop front yeah studio. yeah 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 it gets a lot of it gets people stopping quite a lot i think i i mean i i call that one imposter syndrome and essentially that's what that the confused it's like i haven't stopped doing like i've been doing what i've been doing for like the whole time, a long, long time. Like, but yeah. as it, as it starts to actually work, that sort of feeling of guilt actually gets stronger for some reason. What do you mean, really? That sort of set that sort of imposter syndrome element to it because I've been doing it and I got used to the. So I got used to, even though I don't have a backup plan and I wouldn't know what I'd do right. if it didn't work out, right. and and it could also all come crashing at any. Because it's, it's based on such... Yeah, of, yeah, right. It's not based on anything. The, the success <laughs> is based on a, a, the, 
the 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 luck of like giving it to the right person at the right time and then it being shared maybe at the right time because if it was shared like on the instagram an hour later maybe no one would have seen it all those things are so random mm-hmm. that i can't feel comfortable in <laughs> in this because it's all i know is that when it came to it all the work existed because i was doing it i'm not making it up it's genuine right so, right so, right 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 so what it's that practice preparation thing whatever oh uh, yeah where like, where like uh success is uh like being prepared and and timing or something yeah like that. whatever being, that being, thing yeah. that neither of us know i uh, was prepared i guess and so it and uh, but um but i've been doing it to to no attention and to no success for a long time and so just doing the same thing and then getting some of that just feels like there should be more I should be doing more. It can't be. I like, mean, it's too easy. Well, I don't want to say. I it's, mean, it's not it's too not easy. Because it's not because I have to factor in the 15 years of no holidays. no like Sure, of doing, course. Of I mean, course. To be honest, in a lot of ways, what worked in my favor, which is like, and it made me feel really guilty at the time, is that the pandemic, um, we were all stuck indoors. and And suddenly, like, the fact that for a long time my art practice was something that was um, funded on essentially like two pounds a day uh-huh. started to work in my favor because I didn't, I just needed ink and I just needed paper. I uh-huh. I, could, I could have that at home. I could carry on working. I didn't have to, I didn't have to go to the studio right. because I can just do it from home. And to be honest, since that time, I'm still kind of working from home because I haven't moved everything right. back properly. But all those limitations were like suddenly a saving grace and ah and um so it kind of like it's, and it works and it's like working mm-hmm. and that's that's mm-hmm. an alien but it seems like there's there's um a lot i mean self-deprecating is you are a self that's part of your personality right and it's yeah and it's really annoying which is also self-deprecating it's so funny though <laughs> I have a, <laughs> there, I have, that was self. It's yeah. a defense. Is it a defense? It's. A defense. I know exactly where it comes from. Okay. And, and <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, well, good. That'll save us time. <laughs> <laughs> because I've been doing this other exhibition. Well, I've been prepping for this exhibition in Liverpool. Yeah. And, and when is that? It's in February. And it's, oh, really? Um, I'm going to get Dallas to go. I'm going to come to London. Make Dallas go. You're going to come to London. Make Dallas go to Liverpool. <laughs> How far is Liverpool <laughs> from London? I mean, it's it's. Oh, but the the train's actually only two hours, so That's it's not, not bad. It's okay. it's a big space. It's okay. a big. It's like come, for me. Come to Liverpool, guys. We'll we'll talk about it later. For, come to Liverpool. For me, it's um, going to be a big show. But uh, I mean, yeah, I think I'm going to call. In a, it, why is it in a gallery museum? I know it's like a big show. Yeah, it's, which it's called the Blue Coat, and um, it's 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 three rooms that are like like I get to do things that I don't normally do because it's a big space and there's a budget and yeah and and it's gonna be um i mean there's there's also gonna be like i've always operated these things like because of the music thing like gigs so there's also going to be the things that people um want to see or are familiar with so that i'm not like gonna, gonna, right right but but it's a it's an opportunity to try some other things and i think i'm gonna call the show thanks for having me oh and it's that's basically funny. The, uh, the it's just the way that I've had to operate 
that's the way I basically operate or in any in a shop on a bus it's like the way I've been I kind of conditioned myself because like my parents are both Iranian I'm Iranian but I grew up I was born in Britain mm-hmm. um and speak like essentially English was my second language oh really and mm-hmm. always had well because my parents spoke Persian in the house yeah so I I, I had a fear of like hearing myself say anything English like I, I I got pulled back from school and the teacher sort of offered me some well, my mum was there it wasn't like being bribed but right. as, as like a five six year old it's like if you say hello we'll give you this just to get me to speak because I, uh, I used to be like a mute like really yeah because it was like a fear like well I didn't have to speak English so it was like a fear mm. of hearing what that would even sound like out mm. your own mouth. Um, <laughs> but like, but like we had Brexit in Britain recently right. and and in those moments it's like and also like touring in a band it's like I essentially I've like raised myself with culture that's essentially like white mm-hmm. in my head I'm like total it, in a in a world that I, I then get reminded like Brexit was interesting because I don't. I also don't feel like a very good Iranian because I don't know. Like I can speak to my parents a bit, but mm-hmm. I I don't know the roots of anything, and I've sort of like tried to find my own. Such a strange time to be Iranian as well, right? Yeah. At this moment, in yeah, time. and it's the same with like trying to get into this country. It's like I I always get stopped. Really? Yeah, and and so that there is an element of, um. I uh, would it, uh, it you know I, I always feel like a guest basically I don't feel comfortable in uh, I don't feel like I'm from like Brexit reminds me that I'm not from Britain because people who are the sort of nationalistic sort of those yeah yeah are getting too like it's a very homogeneous it's a pretty homogeneous country I guess compared to this one not completely but they have a lot of it but. It's like you, you go, oh, yeah, I'm not really from here and I'm not really from here. Uh-huh. I'm just sort of floating in the mm-hmm. middle. And so I'm always just like I operate like a guest. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I I mean, there's nothing about you that obviously seems that, you know, you're from, you know, that you are from any other kind of culture or anything like that other than Britain. But uh, do you? Do you feel that, do you feel that, like, what makes you feel that way, that you're not from, like, do, is it from other people? That's what I'm getting, like. I mean, it's like, you'll, you'll get the sort of, like, when, when we used to tour in the band, like, if you, the, 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 the main cities, like, Manchester's okay, like, anywhere mm-hmm. for mixed, anywhere mixed is, like, mm-hmm. okay, but, like, you'll, you'll have a nice time in the daytime in some other I don't. And I don't want to sort of badmouth any cities no, in England. No, though. no. But like, you have a nice day, and then suddenly at nighttime, it's like, oh, we, me and my brother, like, we're not going to be out anymore because. But once the pub crowd come in, it's kind of like, you know, you'll be walking in here some smash glass, like somebody's, you know, we're we're not the normal people that you'd see. You don't. You don't feel like you look like everybody. No, I don't. Else. Like, if I go to the country, I don't feel comfortable in like the English countryside. Oh. I don't look like mm. a person that should be there. You look kind of like you could you could fit in with the Jews. Maybe that's why I don't notice it so well. 
Yeah, I mean, but maybe in, maybe in the Jew many, world. There's you not would, that many Jews in the English countryside. Yeah, there that's, aren't that many Jews in. No, that's probably so. So I'm, maybe I, being in. Maybe, I'm very comfortable in like New York. I'm very comfortable in yeah, London. I, I, it's, I can't really. I don't feel like I can be any other. It's like I don't see it as like England. I just mm-hmm. London, really. So how does that uh, relate to being self-deprecating? I think because I always treat myself like a bit like a guest. I'm always like I don't like to I don't like to be too bombastic and like I've got a s- presumptuous, yeah, presumptuous. Or a, but and it's just come from. I guess it's also a bit this thing of like jumping, like doing the start thing, and then suddenly going, "Oh, I'm now going to just be a, a small time, like tr- start this comedy thing and try and like do it," and always feeling like um that that sense of un- discomfort like un- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. means that i never i don't know i don't actually you're gonna you really don't know I don't actually there's an element of it that i actually now i'm starting to find a bit annoying in myself because i actually am doing all the things like i wanted to do yeah i know it you're it is it is kind of funny because i guess um, there was a point where it kind of made more sense, but now you have all these shows and stuff. Yeah, I need so to, much I stuff's to, going on. I don't. Again, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a plan for it to work. Right. And right, now it's, you, right. You're, you're catching me a bit. Where maybe it's gonna work. Maybe it'll go crashing back down. But I, I'm working it out. People, people. I think people do appreciate um, self-deprecating humor because um it kind of takes the pressure off of everybody i think somehow although uh do, my but when you start my husband gets mad at me when i do it too much cuz he says like like when i'm self deprecating about being an american he's like you're 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 trashing our country or something um there was something you said i personally here's a quote from you oh. see i'm paying attention <laughs> i'm going to get points for this um, I personally use humor as a coping mechanism. So if it gets a laugh or people feel connected, I guess it's done its job. Mm-hmm. So are you trying to make people feel comfortable then? Is that part of it? I mean, I take comfort in laughs. So mm-hmm. I, it's self-serving. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm feeling like down, I kind of like, I like to be able to, I like to be able to use if I'm feeling sad about something. It's like it's nice, to, but if if at least mm-hmm. it can it can make a yeah, better laugh. Yeah, yeah, the same way that I'm in the bush thing. Like it right. comes from like at the time a difficult thing, but actually now you that difficult laugh. things become like the the the, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, the, the, now you're making a living off of it. But but it's it wasn't instant. But it's kind of like it's nice to be able to at least get something makes yeah make something well, it made you laugh it. in the moment i'm sure and when you went when you were feeling that whenever you were whatever feeling in the moment made you think of that it probably was great relief in the moment we only have like two four minutes left so so were your parents supportive that's what i really want to know yeah i don't know if they fully understand like they are but have they like were they always supportive like growing up did you were do you feel like you were in a Family, because you're self-deprecating. So we're. I'm asking, did you feel like you were in a supportive family situation? 
growing up in the sense of like like your like you know you or like you did okay at school and your parents liked you and you didn't you know yeah i did okay i didn't do like incredible no but i mean you were you were you were in a you know a fairly like you felt like you got enough did you get enough approval growing up yeah, I think so. And I was, I was like the older one, so I was kind of like slightly more molly coddled and protected, uh-huh. and wasn't allowed to do as much. I was a bit jealous. Uh, it's interesting because the way my parents like things that my brother's like eight years younger, so it's like a oh, that's slightly a big unusual gap. Yeah. gap. And and it was a different. He almost grew up in a different set of circumstances, mm-hmm. to me. so we've got different versions of growing up. Did um, did your dad change jobs or something? Did you move or yeah, something? sort of. And, like, when my brother was growing up, he had a more difficult, like, they moved quite a few times. And mm-hmm. I guess I had a slightly more stable right. thing. But at the same time, I was, like, there were a lot of restrictions on what I could do compared to other people. Oh. And um, would be quite jealous of him later on. Where oh. Like, oh. <laughs> but, then, but then I find out it's all, it all kind of balances out into the same thing. Like, I, there was an element of, like, I, my, I mean, my parents basically all in the arts as well oh really what but, did they do well my dad was an architect my mum paints oh um, okay but, but there was a, like a resistance from my mum's side like oh it was kind of like trying to push me away from studying art i was allowed to do it if i go into saint martin's and i did right but i wasn't allowed i don't think i was going to be allowed to do it if i was just in the local arts school. right so they were they had high expectations that's good i well i don't yeah. Well, know. well, they put pressure on you. They put pressure on they 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 expected you to succeed and you have. Let's put it that way. Can we'll I say can that. we say that? Yeah, yeah, but but that's not a very self-deprecating thing to say. So anyway, we have 2 minutes left. Let's talk about the the opening tonight. Yep. And make sure that everybody remembers it. So are you listen guys, are you really excited to see all this work that we've been talking about? And you can uh, so there's like how many postcards did you get in the show? Like over 100, right? I'm trying I was trying to do the math. So it- <laughs> I don't know. I, I More think, than I you think it went like sixteen, and then there was five, and then five. like there's, there's about a hundred in that cabinet. There's like about a hundred, and they're all really different. And um, you can buy them for fifty bucks, which is ridiculously cheap. Uh, and you can also just come by and meet Babak while he's in America, which is which is a very you know he hasn't he's not going to be here. You know he's in America. So come by, and that's uh, 137 Montrose Avenue in Bushwick. And uh, recite your website and your URL. Do that, uh, your uh, Instagram. Do that part. Uh, well, it's just my name, uh, Baba Ganji. And uh, what's the website? It's babaganjiworks.com. Uh-huh. I think I'll it po- is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'll post all that stuff also. So, and it's probably up there right now. So, thank you guys for listening, and make sure you check out the archives. I have over three hundred and fifty shows, and and uh, you could listen to that for like probably you could probably take like two weeks and just listen to the whole thing. And um, check me out on uh, Doctor Lisa Levy on Instagram and Lisa Levy Artwork on Instagram, and. Uh, Go to listen to Dr. Lisa and you can hear all the shows and see all the work and thanks.